Welcome to the Writer's Right Podcast, the show where every writer has the right to speak their mind. I'm your host, Joshua Howe, and as always, we'll be giving attention to the last thing my guest has written and their writing process is what I usually say, but we have a very special podcast today. Um, my guest is my former university roommate. Uh, he's the biggest Arsenal fan I know, <laughs> and uh, he loves hoops. It's Faustino Chalamba. How you doing, man? Thanks, man. You're going to say uh, I'm the biggest Arsenal fan, you know, and people are listening and be like, oh, man, that guy's just chronically depressed. Like, no, <laughs> that's not the way to go. But, no, man, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on this again. Um, I think uh, both big basketball fans, too, so it's like, we, you know, that's why we hit it off. And so I'm excited to talk about basketball and maybe some other things uh, on today's uh, episode here. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, like, you just mentioned that uh, you're on again. So, like, yeah, people won't know this, but we actually recorded a huge uh playoffs preview podcast that will never see the light of day because like my phone malfunctioned um so that kind of sucks but we had that we did this huge podcast where we like probably got like 50 percent of the series predictions wrong but man yeah it was uh, it was fun it was it was a lot of fun <laughs> what, so. what do you what would you say if you could remember like what would you think was like your worst like prediction that you made i don't mind i oh. i was like i was like oh like boston milwaukee like boston like you know like Boston's like not ready for this. Like this is Giannis's time. Giannis is gonna take this. I was like Bucks and six, and and I was and that just didn't age really well. So I think that I think that out of all the series ones that we had, I think that one was like my worst one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I probably had a worse one than this, but the one that keeps sticking out to me is OKC Utah. Uh I just didn't I didn't see how good the Jazz were actually gonna be. Like I I believed in Donovan Mitchell. I really liked Donovan Mitchell a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, spider, but yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure he was gonna be able to do what he did in the playoffs and just like basically become like the go to like the go to score in the playoffs and still be able to do like what he was doing in the regular season and in uh, you know in a heightened scenario and all that. But um, yeah, he was he was great and uh, Gobert. Really, yeah, Gobert really uh, kind of took Adams out of the series a little bit. Who, I mean, he also had a good series, but like when they're sort of zeroing each other out. Um, you know, a lot of other stuff happens, like uh, Carmelo Anthony just breaking wow. mid-range jumpers. So wow, I know that. I know when we did the preview for for that series, I, I said like, you know, uh, it's sad looking at Carmelo because he, he's not really what he was. But like, it's like now he's like wide open shots he's missing, and it's like, oh uh, yeah. my gosh, I know. Like I can't believe what I'm watching. Like, I used to, that was the first like basketball jersey I ever bought, Carmelo Anthony. I'm like. To see this guy, he's like not that old. I think what is he, thirty three or something? Yeah, something. And like he that. like he just like he's like missing front rim, so that's like just all legs and like. So it, it was just it was sad to see that, and uh, people don't know. And Russ Westbrook's my favorite, like my favorite uh, basketball player. But like I'm fully aware of Russ. Like, it's just legit. You live and you live by the Russ. Like that one game that he stole from them, and then you also die by the Russ. So it was like it's it's kind of it's tough to it's kind of tough to see when Russ is just like he looks around. He's like, you know what? Forget it. Like I, I'm gonna either win this, this game or lose this game. And when they lose like that, it's always hard because like, everyone just goes and criticizes them. But no, I was really disappointed and shocked about uh, how OKC went out, to be honest. Yeah, I was kind of brutal. Uh, class 2003, man, slowly starting to fade a little bit. Wade might be retiring. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to get uh, your thoughts on the current series, just since we're like living yeah. them right now. Um, we will get into some Raptor stuff, but definitely want to get into the current series. Uh, so, like, last night, the, uh, Cavs got, for the most part, dominated by Boston again, and Boston's now up 3-2 in the series. They won 96-83. Um, 
what what have you been what did you see in that game that interested you or just stuck out to you or um what are your general thoughts on the series um just just give me uh, what what you're feeling about Boston uh, Cavs yeah uh, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest I, I I'm not watching these full games it's, it's too hard like from the Raptors angle to, for me like to watch like I I, per, I personally like I Boston I don't think is that good of a team just from a Raptors angle like I just they they don't match up well with the Raptors so we always like do well against them um for, but from a Boston Cleveland perspective I'm I'm surprised that kind of one how Jekyll and Hyde that Boston is but also too like I think I think it was game game two in Boston I want to say where like LeBron came out and like was just going crazy but like they, mm-hmm. they kind of just took the punches and kind of still hung in there and kind of fought back which is something I was a little bit surprised about so I, I guess like Boston's uh, resilience is something that's surprised me and how you know they, they kind of have different like you know one night might be the Rosier night then another night might be the brown night and then another night might be the the Tatum night and you know how they're kind of spreading around like the wealth right right there so I, I've been I've been I've been kind of surprised about Boston um I don't know what's going on with LeBron. Like, I like yesterday, he just kind of looked. I don't know if he's like disinterested or if he's sick or something. But LeBron hasn't looked right to me. But I, I still think they're going to pull it off. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, it's you know, like game two. It's been it's been interesting. It's been really a tale of like two cities almost kind of thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically. You can talk about Ty Lu not coaching very well, which he definitely oh, didn't horrible. in the last he's game. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's not been great. Um, I mean, he's he's not the greatest coach, but like you know, sometimes he has some pet plays that work and stuff. And he's got LeBron James, so you know those are two huge assets that he's got going for him. Like the Corver uh, love off ball stuff was working really well, but like it, it won't work if uh, Corver's not in the game. For example, like last night. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, that was crazy. Then the explanation. Well, he said it's because Ozilay didn't go in for Boston or something. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that is nuts. Yeah, it's 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 kind of brutal. I mean, so like game two, you kind of is kind of the encapsulation of what's been happening in Boston, where LeBron scored twenty one points in the first quarter, and uh, nobody came with him. Um, <laughs> he was yeah. he was just out there doing it. I mean, he was basically doing what he did in game two against Indiana. Um, you know, where he came out and he scored, like, the first 16 points. Um, but just nobody was there to really follow up with him. And, like, you know, Love has been okay in this series. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been at all times, like, performing like an all-star. I mean, he was, he was quite good in Cleveland um, and giving effort on the defensive end and stuff. Um, but they really follow LeBron's lead in terms of, like, um, defense for sure. If he's if he's going to defend, they'll they'll they seem to try harder on defense. But but if he's scoring, sometimes they just look like okay, we're just going to let LeBron handle it, and uh, they don't they don't really come out and you know play to the level they're capable of. It's it's been really up and down, like just bananas. And it's crazy that LeBron's been able to the games he's won. I mean, his secondary scores like you know adding like um, fifteen to twenty points maybe, and then the third guy's giving you like eight to ten and then it just drops off like he really only needs a couple guys to come with him and he's just not getting even that um it's pretty ridiculous uh yeah and every time they go home to boston where the celtics are actually comfortable um they blow them out because they're a great defensive team and you know all they their issue has always been the scoring lulls because um you know without somebody like kyrie irving they don't have that go-to guy 
Um, and, you know, they either have to get into some hot spurts or whatever, but uh, Jason Tatum's quickly becoming that guy, and he was last night. Um, so, yeah, you know, well. I mean, it's it's one of those things with the Cavs. Like, you can look into the, all the matchups, and you can look into Tyrone, Lu, Tyrone Lu's, uh rotations, and, and that's all definitely part of it. But some of it is just, like, those guys got to hit shots, man, and they can't just hit shots in Cleveland because they don't have home court advantage. So, yeah, uh, it's 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 tough. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I mean, it's hard. I can't. Wa- I can't watch like seeing cl- like Cleveland play like this. And then you watch them play Raptors, and they're hitting everything. But yeah, I. I, I do think. I think it's just. It, it's just defense for them. Uh, I know. I mean, I know different team and stuff. I don't. But I remember like the first game that the Raptors played against them. And watching Cleveland, like that is like the worst offensive team that I've ever seen in the NBA, at least in the last like five years. Yeah. You know, it was just bad. They just like rotations, and like people would just get past the first man, and like there'd be just no one on the rotation to switch, and, and they would just kind of walk into the to the paint. I know they got a little better now, but it's still like you, I still don't really know if they can't play defense or if they just kind of like don't want to, you know, play defense with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be able to beat Boston if you know they don't have two more solid games of you know playing good defense. But then the question is, like, can they do it? Like, can they actually, you know, buckle down, pull up the shorts, you know, keep their guy in front of them, not foul, get on the switches, communicate, and do that for two games? And I think, you know, jury's going to be out on that. Yeah. Um, they did it in Cleveland for two games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's – I don't know. It's tough. Like you said, LeBron's looking really tired. Um, somebody yeah. kind of insinuated – I saw some stuff floating around that maybe he was uh, sick or something in the last game. Um but I mean, he's he's publicly said that he's exhausted after every game, and yeah. it's not surprising with what he's doing and, um, you know, at, at the age he's at and how many minutes he's played in his career, um, this is ridiculous that he's still able to do this at all. So, you know, in the games and he's and people bash him a lot for not playing defense in games, but like in a game in a series like this where he has no. Uh, points of rest you know it's it's difficult for him yeah. to rest like he was doing in other series like against the raptors you notice him doing it all the time he had spots where he could hide on guys and do that uh, he yeah. can't against boston because all of their defenders are really good um so you know it's 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 tough uh if he's and not by the way like this like let's say cleveland makes it out like it just doesn't bode well for the finals because they're just gonna oh, get no. steamrolled by whoever they play yeah you know, it, yeah. it'll be five, it'll be four or five. I mean, it like, cause those teams in the, in the West are just considerably better than like, you know, that, than either of these teams to be honest, but like, like, let alone, like, let's say Cleveland pulls out a, a tired LeBron against like a Houston team with like all those shooters and, and, you know, and Golden State with a, a cheat code of a team, yep. <laughs> right? Like, so it just doesn't bode well for the finals. I think we're in for like another snooze fest of a finals. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not. This is, I. I said I tweeted out this a little while ago, but this is like, out of, in recent memory, this is the least excited I am. Looking forward to a finals, uh, for quite some time. Like even last season, um, we knew that the Warriors are just so much better in, in the first season that they had Durant, and they were steamrolling guys. But the Cavs steamrolled everybody too, mm-hmm. on the way to the finals. And it yeah. was it was at least the hope was there that you know at least LeBron still had Kyrie and he had Love. And they were healthy, and you know they had a shot. They had the one of the greatest players of all time on the team with a healthy roster and two all stars. Um, there's always a chance, and you know they lost in five, but still, um, 
you have, I have more faith in that series than, than I do of this one if the Cavs make the finals because they're just they're just toast and uh, Love's got his hand injury still, which I'm yeah. sure is affecting his play. Um, it's and and LeBron, you know, he's just I've never seen him I've never seen him this tired before. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be whoever comes out. It could be and now I think Rockets Celtics would be like probably the most interesting potential matchup. Yeah. No, that would that would be very uh, it'd be a very interesting. I remember that that reg- they had a pretty nuts regular season game in Boston, right? There was like that weird stuff that happened like at the end of the. I think the re- the ref just was just went out of his mind and started calling like offensive fouls on Harden. I think in Boston, in the regular season, oh, okay, and that, yeah. so they've had some they've had some wild games. I think the the Rockets uh, and the Celtics have had some wild games. Even you know what? Even the the Celtics against Golden State. I think they've had some. I know one was on ESP like the Saturday prime time. So yeah. I mean, I think it'll be it'll be interesting, but but again, I just think it when it's like playoff time, finals time, I think mm-hmm. those guys will buckle up and you know not play around, and I think they they would handle even Boston in five or six. Yeah, I I think next year's Boston team is the team to start getting really excited about title potential. Um, See, especially- I that, that's interesting, Chris. For me, right? You get you get uh, you get okay, so you get Kyrie back, and you get. Um, Gordon Hayward. Hayward, yeah, Hayward back, right? Yeah. So that's that's what thirty five ish minutes on both of them, seventy minutes between both of them. Mm-hmm. So who, who whose minutes gets reduced by that much? Yeah, right, that, that's the thing. You're definitely going to. But have all those some guys, guys are, you know, on all these guys are like like Brown and Tatum and yeah, okay, yeah, Rose. You can make a case for Rozier, but you know, it's seventy minutes that you're going to replace from these current guys. Mm-hmm. So I, it'll just, I think it'll just be interesting. I think, I think it'll just be interesting to see, you know, how having those guys back. Will be and you know even just Gordon Hayward's how will he'll fit into the system because you know we don't really know so I I think I don't know I'm I'm, I'm quite interested to see how Boston will do with those two guys um, back in the lineup. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I think uh, people can definitely trust Brad Stevens with. I think he, I mean you give him a bunch of weapons, so I think he'll figure it out. Um, in terms of like uh, contractual stuff, I mean Marcus Smart is the guy that people are going to be looking at. Yeah, as uh, you know, one of the guys that's probably uh, probably would be uh, most likely to end up being um, removed from the Celtics in some fashion, um, especially with the outburst of Terry Rozier in these playoffs. Yeah. So um, you, you think they keep Terry, eh? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's it's tough depending. Yeah. Like I I haven't looked too much into the Celtics cap uh, myself, but um. I think uh, I think he's proven himself to be. I don't want to say like he's necessarily a lot better than Marcus Smart, but in some ways he is. I mean, he's definitely a better shooter. Yeah. Um, see, better see, playmaker. I, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna end up being more like a money thing necessarily than a who's better mm-hmm. type thing. Um, yeah. But I but I really really like what I've seen from Rozier in these playoffs because before this I would definitely would have had him lower on the depth chart. No, I'm with you. I, with, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't res- like not respect. I just didn't rate Rozier at all, and yeah. like I, I kind of do now. Yeah, he played well, so you know, I, I, I do, you know, he's playing good now. Mm-hmm. I just with, so when I, if, I mean, I'm not Danny Ainge, and you know, so the guy knows what he's doing. But I just you look at your guys, right? You look at like Smart and Rozier, and you look at like things that they do well, right? So Rozier is like you know, shoot good shooter and like good pass for the ball, mm-hmm. good energy. But then Smart is like tough, gritty. You know, uh, yep. he plays good defense and stuff, and it's like, 
we got more like especially with the injured guys. Like, we got more of what Razier brings from the other guys, but we don't have that from we don't have like what Smart brings from the other guys. So like I might keep Smart because he's just kind of different than what you already have, mm-hmm. and then look to ship out Rozier because that kind of the offense, the shooting. You you might be like okay, like maybe Kyrie and Gordon can replace that, uh, you know, and then and then all all of a sudden, and if you think about your second unit, then like one of Brown or Tatum is going to go get them out into the second unit. So then you're like, okay, then that, that those guys can replace what he would bring from the second unit. But no, I think they're in a great spot to be in from a problems. Why they got great problems to solve because what this runs doing for Boston is saying, okay, you got like legitimately like 10 or so decent players. Um, you can only keep eight of, you know, eight of them. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, but I definitely think there's some interesting questions to be asked about, you know, the, the Celtics roster. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be good for them definitely going forward. They're they're the team other than Philadelphia that's best set up for the next five years. Um, so uh, quickly, what do you think? Uh, what do you think this series is going? How do you think it's going to end? Two more games left. LeBron has one at home, one away. Um, I, 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 you know what? Until I see it, I'm going to say Le- Le- LeBron's going to the finals in seven. Like until he gets beat. You just kind of just continue. I'm just going to double down and just say that you're going to, they're going to, I think they're going to dominate in game six. And then game seven, I think, might be close. And then, like, you know, those last seven minutes in the fourth quarter, you know, it's like when the men come to play and they just be like, all right, boys, like, we're not losing and take over. So I think Cavs in seven. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I, th- I feel as a Raptors fan, I'm obligated to never bet against LeBron again. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I'll say Cavs in seven. Um, but I, 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 Absolutely, if the Celtics play the way they play at home in Cleveland, they can win in six. Um, they can also win in seven, but yeah. they they have to they have to keep doing it. They have to not be afraid of the moment against LeBron if it goes to a game seven, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, but uh, and, yeah, and yeah. I just, uh, what's what the Celtics? Just from a Toronto fan, I mean, obviously a massive Raptors. Just from thinking from a Raptors fan, it's like it legitimately every game Boston wins is like a, a like a stack. Is like. At least, like, just with the Raptors in Boston, right? Like, I, I don't remember, like, as a Raptors fan, I, I remember, like, Sacramento beating us, like, four straight games. I remember getting beat up in Denver. I remember getting blown out in Portland. I just, you know, you remember some bad losses. Like, the last five years, I don't remember, like, a single, like, loss where, like, Boston run us over. I, honestly, I, I'd even go as far as to say, like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I don't think Boston has won a season series against us at least in four years. At least in four years, and it's and we're in the same division, so we play each other four times in a, like four times in in a year. So just like because Boston has no one that can guard Demar and JV, so we just match up well. So it just it hurts so much. It hurts so much just seeing Boston go that far. You know, credit where it's due, they're playing well, but it's just yeah, it's just it's very painful. Yeah, for sure. For the Raptors, Boston is a better matchup. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah. but you know it's, it's some of it just boils down to and it's one of those things like I'm definitely not an armchair psychologist for players. <laughs> oh, um, I love that. <laughs> I I yeah. There's a lot of people that are really into that. I I try to stay away from it because um, I I mean I can't know what's going on inside players' heads. But mm-hmm. I mean at the, by this point uh, from the years past and all this evidence that we have, like it's it's hard to believe that they they couldn't you know pull out one game and not have some kind of psychological effect going on from the fact that it's LeBron and the Cavs and, and on the Cavs yeah. side too because all the role players played really well for Cleveland and Toronto so yeah oh so I, I got it up here so I'm going this 
one, just very quickly, just, I just got to get the Celtics. It's not hate for the Celtics. It's just uh, so 2013-14 season, like, uh, the Celtics had won, like, out of all the matchups they've had against the Raptors, they've won 45 games, mm-hmm. and the Raptors have won 25 games. So this is the, at the beginning of the 2013-2014 season. Fast forward to now, the like the all-time series is 52 to the Celtics, so that's seven more, and then 37 for the Raptors. So we went, you know, like it's it's pretty substantial. And just doing a quick glance here, we split this year. We won last year's season series. We won the year before that, and then we split 14-15, and we won in 13-14. So, you know, it's like we, Boston just never, you know, it's been, never been a team that I've been scared of as a Raptors fan. So just seeing them do well. You know, it just kind of it, it, it hurts the heart a bit, but um, but yeah, definitely, I, I, I agree with you. It, it's, I mean, again, you don't want to be an armchair psychologist and be like, oh, definitely, but it's like, there's no other, there's no other explanation really for it. Like, yeah, you know, like that. For for me, it's just getting swept part that just like hey, I can't get through that. Like, that, like you're definitely good enough to win a game. You know, I, like yeah. Cleveland can be better. Like Cleveland can beat you in like a, a best up. Uh, you know, in seven games, six games, but like the, the fact that you're not winning a game, mm-hmm. and it's like they're not getting blow out from wire to wire. Like there's like two game, like game, game, game one and two both. Like game two was close until half. Game one was overtime loss. Game three they came back. Like there's, there's you know you're not getting blown out. Just like moments, you just like kind of like deer in the headlights kind of thing. You know where it's just like for me, like anytime we went down ten points, there, there's like no one that looked like. All right, boys. Like, I'm gonna get us out of here. Like, let's go. Like, everyone just kind of looked like, oh my gosh, we cannot win. Every time we went down by ten points against Cleveland. Yeah, in the immortal words of LeBron James, two points is not two points. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's. Yeah. It's. It's still. Uh, that. That series is gonna hurt for a while. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, so quickly, Rockets Warriors tied series. Uh, they're. Game is tonight. We're recording this on a Thursday evening, just before the game. Um, we're about an hour and a half away, or sorry, about an hour away. Um, so uh, yeah, thoughts on this series so far? It's been uh, it's been interesting. The Rockets won the last game in a really really impressive win for them. Um, yes. What do What do you think? Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I, so it's it's good that we did. We're, we're gonna either record today or before Game Four, and I was like, yeah, like I didn't think this game was going past five. Rockets have like they've impressed me. Like good for them. When when a I think Golden State went up was it ten zero or twelve zero? They started off. Uh, I think it was 12, 12, 12 to start or something 12, like that. Twelve two to start. So there's that that they had to come back. And then there was Steph Curry, who honestly when that guy's like I'm not the mad I'm not a massive Steph Curry fan, but when he's going off like he did like at the beginning of the third quarter in Game Three, it's like it's it's so hard and the crowds behind him and stuff. And so they have to come back from that as well. And then to just kind of claw your way and scrap through that and win on the road, I was like, wow, that's that's very impressive. And um, so so I, I think Aaron uh, Gordon kind of was like kind of set the attitude for that. He played awesome, and Ariza played really well. And uh, P.J. Tucker, what could have been, but he played really well. So shout-outs to the Rockets. They, they, they've played better in the, uh, than, uh, than I thought they would. Um, the, the one thing with Golden State, which is just interesting, and it's something just to watch, right? Like, I think obviously KD's KD, right? But anytime, like, Steph kind of gets going, right? Like, KD's always like, ooh, like, wh- when do, when should I step in here kind of thing? Like, he, like, 
You know, because I, I feel like KD can score whenever he wants, but like I feel like when Steph's going, he might kind of defer a little too much mm-hmm. instead of getting going. So it's it's something interesting to watch. But in terms of how this series is going to pan out, like I'm not going to bet against Golden State. Like they just there's too many guys. There's, there's just too many guys on a team. I I I just think that I don't think that Houston can win two more games. But I'd love nothing more than to be wrong and have you know an, an, an interesting a different final. So. Yeah, I, I think that Golden State will win. I think they'll win the next two games. I think they'll win in six. Although, I'm not sure about Iguodala. I, I haven't read up on it. Is he back or is he still gone? Uh, Iguodala just came out earlier today. He's out officially for game five. Okay. Or game six, sorry. Uh, or is it five? I'm tired here. Uh, game five, right? That's tonight. Yeah, yes. game five. Game five I'm tonight. all over the place. Yeah, he's out tonight. He's yeah. out tonight. But Clay Thompson okay. is playing. So. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I'll double down, yeah. I still think Warriors in six. I just think, yeah, they're too talented. Um, but it will be hard, though. I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything. What do you think, Josh? Um, I still have the... I took the Warriors in six, and I think that the Warriors would... I wanted the series to go to seven, so I hope it goes to seven. Um, I But I will still bet on the Warriors in six. Uh, I thought what happened, but I, I'm really, I don't know, I'm really, really impressed by it. I'm, not, I'm still sort of not sure how the Rockets won that game the other night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know how they did it. I mean, there were like, there were a couple sequences sequences where um, Harden had strips on Durant at the perimeter and got some like fast break dunks. And I was, uh, that, uh, I was so surprised that, you know, that's Harden out there playing defense yeah. on the perimeter. Um, yeah. that's incredible. You know, he, he stepped up when they needed him to step up and, um, Chris Paul, I'm never worried about in the moment, uh, too much. Um, he's proved over the course of his career that he's a big time player and he's going to be there when the moment gets tough. And he was, and I'm pretty sure he's, uh, injured right now. His, and his leg or his ankle, uh, I'm not sure which exactly is, but, uh, is not right. Um, he's had, he had a rough start to the series, but, uh, he showed up. In the last game, they really needed him. He showed up. He was great down the stretch. Eric Gordon wasn't shook at all. Yeah, um, made some big shots. Yeah, he made some huge shots. Um, yeah, and they survived a couple haymakers from mm-hmm. the Warriors, which is huge. I mean, the, the initial one, a lot of people thought they were toast after the first, oh. like, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I was leaning. To, I mean, there's a lot of game left, but I was leaning towards, yeah, it's not a great start. And, and then in the third quarter, Curry had a, a Curry flurry where he came out and scored like, you know, eight points in like, I don't know, a minute and a half or something um, or less. And uh, they just and then Durant hit a three right after that. And it was, uh, it was like, OK, so here's the second one. Can they come back from this? And they managed to fight and claw their way back in until the very end. Um, it was really impressive. And this is the first time the Warriors have ever had a legitimate challenge with KD on the roster. Um, yeah, yeah. Since he's joined the Warriors, they've never had a series go beyond five games. This will be the That's first time. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, they, they, last season with Durant in the postseason, they uh, they went they went 4-0 and in each series until they got to the finals. They lost one game against LeBron's yeah. Cavs. And this postseason, they've had uh, their last two series have gone five games. Wow, so yeah. So this will be the first time that it's going to at least six. Um, so, you know, this is the first time they've kind of had a little bit of adversity. They even seemed a little surprised in the post game afterwards. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, they kind of have to, it's weird to say, but they kind of have to bounce back here. Uh, yeah. cause they, cause they didn't have a, a terrible game. Um, obviously oh, they played pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, they were missing a Godala clearly as a, as another wing guy. Um, and Clay's injury was maybe hampering him a little, but 
you know, I mean, Steph played pretty well. Durant played all right. Um, it's it's it was just the Rockets. Clay was a little off. Hey, you could tell Clay wasn't. Uh, yeah, uh, he. Well, yeah. I mean, he. I think he was playing pretty much normal Clay up until he uh, had the he banged his knee. Yeah, uh, and then he came right back in, and the first thing he did was he shoot the ball. I think maybe to kind of see where he was at, and he airballed it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, he still hits. He hit some big shots after that, but I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, he might be a little sore, and it's always worse the next couple days. So, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Warriors in six. Um, but I, but I'm really interested to see if this Rockets team can at least take them to seven because they have home court, and uh, they've they've proven too already that they can, um, they can win at Oracle. So yeah, no, I think that's big for the size, especially after getting drilled. By 41 points, I think it was a good, uh, good bounce back. Very quick, deep, like uh, that last play. Like, what are your what camp are you on? Uh, should he have taken a timeout or not, uh, Steve Kerr? Uh, do you mean when Durant passed to Clay? Yeah, yeah. Like right after the Rockets make, uh, like should, I think there was like what 10 seconds or so left. You think that uh, Kerr should have t- taken a timeout or was he was what he did? You think like? Um, uh, well. It's one of those things where right after the Rockets score, I'm not as concerned about it because the ball was immediately, you know, inbounded to Kevin Durant. And if one of the, if there's one thing I've learned a lot of these times, it's if you don't call a timeout, it doesn't give the defense a time to set. Exactly. So yeah, that's yeah. that's useful, right? And then also you're giving it to arguably the second best player in the world. Um, I mean, he's you you gotta sometimes you just gotta you gotta trust your players. Mm-hmm. And um, assume that he's gonna go up and he's Kevin Durant. It, he's more likely gonna hit a shot than not. Um, yeah. I think maybe if you were gonna call a timeout, maybe where it should have happened was after Durant and when passed he was in the it, corner, right? Yeah, when he passed it to Clay yeah. in the corner, and Clay was kind of stuck, and then he yeah. ended up being having to go and force a bad shot. I think maybe that's when you want to call a timeout, and not even just necessarily Kerr. It could have been Clay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think because he was stuck there for a solid about five seconds, right? And yeah. I was waiting for Clay to try and kick it back out, and he didn't. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but I think that was the moment where it was a, like a more of a dire situation when you have, you know, your your two best players don't have the ball at the end of the game. Um, a lot of people are saying that Durant shouldn't have passed it off to Clay in the first place. Yeah, he's got a lot of flag for that. Eh? I, I yeah, saw. Yeah, I don't know so much about that. And Clay is one of the best shooters in the world. Durant saw him uh, with at least a little bit of space on the wing, and he hit him. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna crush him for that. Uh, but I, I am, um, more concerned that what happened after that, um, that, you know, the clay didn't, either a timeout wasn't called or clay didn't pass it back out. And, you know, it didn't really matter in the end anyway, because they kind of got away with a lucky shot and they got, they got to have Steph take that last look with point five. Yeah, that was a great look. That was a great look. So that was a good point. Yeah. And, you know, he, that was another one where they just kind of, kind of lucked into that. So yeah, uh, Warriors in six, but, um. What a game by the Rockets! No, it's a good fight, and no, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see um, what's going to happen tonight. I think tonight will be a, a big game, and kind of you'll definitely, we'll all definitely be able to have like a very, very clear picture of you know what's going to happen for the in the rest of the series. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so now I want to quickly go over uh, the All NBA teams were released today. Yes. So, yes. Um, I'm I'm assuming you saw that stuff. Yeah. Um, were there any, uh, any shockers to you or what, what do you think about the teams? DeRozan made, uh, all second team. 
Yeah, so happy about that. I was really happy. All right, you had a great regular season. I know it's like, right, you know, tough loss, like, you know, didn't play the best, and you're like, it's easy to be like, oh, howdy. But, like, he had a really, really great regular season, uh, DeMar, and he only made it by, like, one point. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy for him. Um, no, no real qualms. I, I think I think over the last, like, couple of years, right, like, all these, like, the award votings, I think have gotten a little better just because it's all public, but it, it's all public in, like, the social media era. So, like, if you, like, make some wacko vote, like, people know who you are and, like, people can go flame you on the Twitters, the Reddits, and the Instagram for your bad votes. So I feel like the voters are more, like, aware and conscious when they make these votes. So, I, like, I think that's translating to, like, there being, like, less mistakes on, like, the, the all-rookie teams, defensive player of the year and all that stuff. So, um, no real uh, – uh, the only one thing that I was like, mm, was uh, Steph. Like, I know, I know he had a great game, but, like – sorry, a great season, but – it, all NBA, right? One of the criteria is games played, right? And I think two thirds of an NBA season is about fifty-four games, and and like historically, you, you're not getting on there for only playing two thirds of a season. You got to be more in like that sixty-five, seventy-ish range. And Steph mm-hmm. played fifty-one games, so I mean, I don't knock it because in those fifty-one games, he was really good. But I thought, you know, I was thinking, I was just wondering if he'd get in or not. So that's the one kind of. Surprise! That maybe the Gobert mission, but you know, I, I might have taken Gobert over Towns. But again, Gobert kind of falls in that did he play enough games camp? So, yeah. How about you? How about yourself? Is there anything that surprised you? Or any takeaways from the All NBA teams? Uh, nothing that made me like go crazy. I mean, there's some people lamenting over Damian Lillard on the first team. You know, I, I don't mind it. I think he, I think he earned it. He played a great season. Um, did a lot of stuff for that team. I think most people are like lamenting over it a bit because of how Portland went out in the playoffs and their sweep. Yes. Um, yeah. But you know he had a great season. He played a lot of games. Um, I, I don't know exactly how many. I haven't checked. But he played most of them. And uh, you know he he was really really good. So I don't I don't begrudge him that. Um, I think good for him. Um, the All NBA teams are kind of what you make of it. Uh, it's one of those things where some people will use it as these are the best 15 players in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not exactly how it works because obviously say like things like we say, like you just mentioned about Steph's how many games he's played. Uh, if we're, if he, if it was, this, this was just the best 15 players in the league, he wouldn't be on the third team. Um, yeah, exactly. He would exactly. be on the first team. So, you know, there's other things that go into this. It, it depends on what you make of it. It's kind of, it's a little bit like MVP where like, some of this stuff is malleable, uh, definition-wise, and it changes from season to season. So, yeah, I don't have a big problem with it. Um, I think Chris Paul being left off is kind of surprising, if yeah, anything. Yeah, I, I saw a, uh, a tweet about it saying, like, um, he only like he only played, I think, 55, I want to say, or so games, or, or something like that. But, like, in the amount of games that he played, I think he still got, like, 50 or so wins. So, like, like... He was, you know, he didn't play that many games, but he was still involved in a lot of winning. So a lot of people were like, you know, did he, he should have maybe got the nod there. But yeah. what was interesting, though, was uh, Paul George and Oladipo, eh, being on the same all-NBA team. Like, who would have thought that after that trade, right? Yeah, <laughs> Last that's, year? that's wild, yeah. Um, yeah, the I, the Chris Paul thing I'm, is interesting, too, because, like, like, he played, like, X amount of games, like you were saying, and he, he had more wins in the games that he played than Westbrook did all season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was one of the points where a lot of people were like, hmm. And, you know, Westbrook did average a triple double again this season. Um, and it's not like he's a, 
was, I think we're maybe to the point where some people are underrating Westbrook a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, it's the uh, it's the, the old Blake Griffin curve. Like, Blake Griffin was, like, one of the, the poster child for this. Where, like, you start off overrated, and then, like, you know, people start hating. But then, like, people hate to the point that, like, you're kind of underrated. And then you just ride that curve until you die. And I think, I think yeah, I think, like, Westbrook's getting, like, crapped on. It's like, hey, guys, like, that's still a very good basketball player in there, like, his tendency, the thing, the thing with Westbrook is his mistakes are loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. When Westbrook makes a mistake, it's just like right in your face. As opposed to let, let's say Curry, like he's not good at the, the fence, right? But like if Curry misses a rotation, it's like not as in your face. Like until you like break down the the film, you're like, okay, that's awful. But with Westbrook, it's just like a loud, like a bad shot or something. So that's why people kind of get on him. But I don't know. I think people are hammering him a little too much. Yeah, I think I think people are a little too hard on him now. Um, but but he does have some obvious glaring issues as a player, like any player. But I mean, he's really uh, divisive for um, for how good of a player he is. Um, yeah. Because you know, OKC's the way their scheme works is set up for him to get more rebounds in the first place. Um, he's uh, and that doesn't mean he's not a really good rebounding guard. Um, He's also a great passer. Um, sometimes does he overpass a little too much? Yes. All this stuff. Is he a great defender? No, he's not. Even though he is extremely athletic, those two things don't always necessarily mean someone's going to be a great defender. Um, you know, he's not a great shooter. He's not efficient. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, especially in, in this era with uh, all the amount of analytics we have and growing and, and stuff like that, that um, point towards him, uh, his impact maybe not being as much as some people think, and and that's okay to admit that he's a flawed player and also still really good. Um, it's just it's just where you want to end up, you know, placing him amongst his peers. Um, and you know, so I understand the people that want would like to have seen even Steph or uh, or CP three over him for the second team, and maybe have had him on the third team um, or something of that nature. But uh, but I'm not I'm not super mad about it. I mean. You know, there'll be, there'll be people that say the same thing about DeRozan, and and they'll yeah. they'll be thinking about the sweep from the playoffs, and yeah, exactly. So you know, um, and I think DeRozan definitely. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, but I I think he earned it. Yeah, I think he earned it. I I thought maybe uh, Depot would get the spot over him, but uh, yeah, and so um yeah, so that's I good. I thought you had a great tweet today though. If you want to like for people about like, uh, the value, his value, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Explain yeah, uh, it. Yeah, I was just mentioning that his um, the fact that he made um, all second team is a good, a really good indicator of where his value is at currently in the league. Um, I we we talked about a lot of people had this debate among Raptors fans and stuff before, uh, at, when the season ended, and people started talking about you know potential trades and things like this. Um, and there was that slight debate about who's easier to move if you want to move the core guys. Well, obviously, Ibaka is the toughest to move. Oh, um, he's nearly <laughs> he's nearly impossible. That contract is it's it's garbage. I, I can what, I can. What almost... happened to him though? Yo, I, that's I, I guess we're gonna segue into rap. But like, I was watching game three, right? I was watching a stream, and like the stream was a little finicky, and it would pause, uh-huh. and I'd be like, all right, like, and it was just like I think it, it would be Ibaka with the ball, and it pause. I'm like, all right, he's gonna shoot a brick. And, like, Cleveland's going to rebound and push it and score. And, like, you would just get the ball back, like, 10 seconds later with, like, Kyle Lowry, like, slowly dribbling the ball up the court. And then Cleveland got two points. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, exactly what you predicted would happen happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I just – I don't know what happened. Because he had one great game against Washington. And then he was just bad, like, bad, bad, bad. Like, I, like, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, there's, there's – I mean, 
there's there's some different answers for that. Um, but one a part of it is just he just fell off, um, in in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, I was just like that that original point about DeRozan was just that. Yes, sorry. <laughs> you no, know, it's good. That's I mean, we can talk it's, more about Ibaka if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I trust me. Yeah, I understand. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just talking about DeRozan's yeah his value. Just uh, I think yes, his sorry. value's at an all time high right now, um, and I think that the him being on the second team indicates that, um, and as as opposed to Lowry, who is uh, if you you know keep keep a close eye on the Raptors, he's still the best player on the Raptors. Uh, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't make any of the uh, All NBA teams. So, you know, it's just it's it's how a league the league views the players. I think because of this, um, and this is just a piece of evidence. All it is is a piece of evidence to indicate how the league feels about DeRozan. And um, I I think this just validates the point that he's going to be easier to move than someone like Kyle Lowry if uh, if the Raptors are looking to um, move. Uh, at least one of them this summer, which I, I absolutely think they're 100% going to be looking into. I don't know if they actually will end up moving anyone. Uh, it's high. There's a there's a real a real chance that uh, most of this team, if not all of this team, gets run back. So um, I mean, I, except for some of the lower end players uh, like Bebe and stuff. But but yeah, um, there's yeah, a, there's sure. a big chance that. Boot, you know, boot the, the trade machine, eh? Maybe it's a good time to boot the trade machine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I was going to segue right into that. So, um, yeah. yeah, you you mentioned uh, before we did the podcast and stuff, you had some Raptors, uh, some potential Raptors uh, hot takes, maybe off season stuff you wanted to yeah. get into. And yeah, so the, yeah, so I guess yeah, I would I, after the series, you're kind of thinking about ways to uh, to you know to improve the team. So you know, I, I'm you know I just lined down and booted up the the trade machine. So. There's, I'm gonna throw four things at you, um, okay. And and they're not. They're, I, there's things that like I think there's. I, I thought about it. So like you know you're always gonna. I want to make it logical. You know like not just like yell for the sake of yelling. So sure. I'm gonna go round one. This is uh, so I'm gonna start from worst to best. Okay. So this is so there's three teams in the NBA I think are like in the exact same spot. You got a great you got a great backcourt. You kind of you, you kind of like topped out really with your current core, and you you just need to change for the sake of change. So that's Portland, that's us, and that's Washington. All three of us got two like really good guard like backcourts that maybe just need kind of a refreshing. So then the first one, and so just and then I'm just gonna uh, say this like these are just ideas, just because I I personally cannot trade the Rosen. That's why I can't be a GM in the league. I'm too like I I, I too sentimental. Like I cannot trade the Rosen. Like although he wasn't. It wasn't like really like good at all. I just like when he signed that extension at twelve oh one, just like after the Carter and the Bosch and all that stuff. For like a guy to sign the extension at twelve oh one when his hometown was calling, I'm like, you know, for me that I really like appreciated that. So yeah, if we're gonna bad, I'd rather be bad with him, you know, sinking the ship. But yeah, so this one I haven't really like you know a, a full out trade parameters one. But if we can do some sort of the Rosen McCollum exchange, so why would Portland do it? Uh, McCollum and Lillard are like the exact same player. Like they like they really really like they're both like shooters or you know like big shooters that you know have a similar game. If you get Demar in there, what you do is uh, at least Demar can you know drive to the basket, you know back to basket, something different. Why why we would do it is the one thing that Raptors don't have, and I honestly think that you need this if you're going to win an NBA championship, is 
you know, just one of those guys that just can get hot and go get like 20 points in a quarter. Like there's there's no one on our roster. I kind of feel that like, you know, if you just like, you know, that Kelly on the game, for example, when you just snap, they're like, you know, we've seen, you know, um, Clay do it. And we've seen, you know, Brad Beal can do it. Just one of those guys that just can go off on a quarter and, you know, just with their shooting and stuff, just get a lot of points. So I would do that. And then for that to work, too, we'd have to take one of their b- bad contracts. So maybe, um, you know, one of not John Collins, but one of their other centers and stuff. We'll, we'll take a co- bad contract back because Portland has a really bad um, cap situation. So that's round one. Round th- So the, the next scenario that I thought of was and this is how I, this is like. I preface in this saying, like, this is when I was like, wow, like, I'm in a really rough spot. Because I would do a lottery for John Wall, and maybe we give him, like, a purdle. Why would why would Washington do it? All you got to do is just, you got to just go to Cap Geek and just look at that John Wall contract. And it, it, that contract, he will be making, like, $50 million in, like, three or four years, John Wall. Yeah, he's so on the, he's on the super max. Yeah, exactly. He got the max. And, you know, people want to hate on Lowry's contract and whatever, but it's like if you look at it, it's basically right now it's two years, $60 million. So you trade for Lowry, you have one year of him. It goes good or goes bad. All of a sudden, he's got one year at 30 left, right? So it's like Lowry contract's not that bad and it's not that unmovable. So, you know, you work a Lowry for John Wall, and then obviously you work little pieces into that. Kind of both teams kind of refresh their back, their backcourt. This is I think this one's less likely because I think – out of the two, maybe Washington would keep Wall over Beal, but I, I kind of think Beal's a better player there. Um, so that's two, and then I got two more for you, and then you can let me know what you think. This is where it gets good. These next two ones are like my like my A-pluses, all right? So this one is DeMar DeRozan to the L.A. Lakers for Ingram and Dang. Okay. So they get out of that Dang contract, right? Because that Dang contract's awful, and I think that mm-hmm. Dang contract's for two more years. I think he's got like... I don't know the exact numbers, but 18 or so. Okay. So they, for them, they get rid of that dang contract. DeMar goes home. And then they also, in the free agency, they add a guy to go with DeMar. Um, I know they, they're really big on Ingram, but I think DeMar plus someone could still you know, bring value. And then you, got, you can sell them in the local market. And then my last one, this is like my A++ trade, is Larry to Philly for Fultz. And Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Why would Philly do that? Because it doesn't really mess the road, like the team that made the second round. Like Fultz didn't really play, right? Fultz didn't really play throughout that series. And then Covington was awful, man. Covington was really bad against Boston. So it doesn't really mess that team. And Lowry, with like how we play with three point guards, he's kind of shown that he can play off ball if he needed to. And Lowry can space the floor as well, which is something that they desperately need. And like I said again, like it doesn't really kill him from a financial perspective because it's like two more years. At sixty, and then we would also take like some filler, some filler to make it work. So those are my the four trade machines. Like when I booted up the trade machine, those are the four ones that I uh, came up with. What are your thoughts? I know I threw a lot at you, but what are your thoughts? Um, yeah. So for the first two, uh, interesting, but I feel like both teams that are not the Raptors will say no. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like Portland thinks that uh, McCollum is a better player than DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, even some Raptors fans will say that they think John Wall's a better player than Lowry. Um, plus, I I I, I don't think uh, I I'm not sure the super max is enough like to have enough of a reason for the Wizards to want to get off of Wall. Um, I think they're I think the Wizards are more 
focused on building around him. I, I think they really still do, believe, do still believe in him, especially after like when he was out this season. Yeah, and stuff. So, so that that's my thoughts on those two. Just quickly, uh, the other two that are more like definitely more realistic that I like, um, for the most part. Uh, the the one for Lowry is one that I've thought of before. Uh, I've heard a, a bit around. Um, I like that pick. Okay, um, they uh, yeah, they probably need you know Fultz and Covington are, are definitely bigger in there. Covington's stock, I think, is um, he, he was. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it lowered a bit. Uh, he did make one of the all defense teams. No, good for him. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, but yeah, but uh, he did drop off. He he was a flamethrower to start the season, but um, he was brutal in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think they they need to add uh, another contract like Jared Bayless or something, right, to make that work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you would take another salary. Yeah, and and then maybe time. like a few like a, a low end pick or two. Yeah, um, and, and to, then also with any of these trades, like. I would also. I'm also in, like, you, if they want like a Siakam, a Pirtle, or any of like the young guys that aren't OG, mm-hmm. then you know you can add that too to make it more realistic. Because I, I think those guys have real value as well. So those guys definitely do. I I feel like Lowry would be enough for. I think so for you don't, yeah. a team like um, Philly because I mean especially for that return when we you know you don't know Fultz is such a question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Covington's fine. He's a good player. And then, you know, the, the rest is just kind of just uh, salary filler. Um, and the picks won't be high picks because the Sixers are going to be good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Lowry would be enough. I think Lowry's a good fit in Philly, and that's yeah, and that's where he's from too, right? So Exactly. He's Philly boy too, so. Yeah, so I, I think that's uh, I mean, that's a, it's a realistic trade if they're trying to look for a place to move Lowry. Um, Philadelphia, obviously, is going to go after some bigger fish first. But we'll, uh, I mean, that's definitely a, a potential option. The Lakers one I had not thought of too much. Um, I, I'm I'm always kind of in and out on Ingram. I don't really know how to feel about him. I I've I watched, I don't watch the Lakers a lot, but I I think I, I saw a fair amount of them this season. Um, so yeah, I don't, he, I don't know. Just, like he just looks very frail. Like I don't KD's frail, but like. When, I, when Ingram's like driving to the basket, I'm like, I'm always like, oh, don't break anything, kind of thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, he's shown flashes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's there. He's definitely not somebody to give up on already. Um, but I, yeah, I think out of out of uh, your scenarios, I think the the uh, Philadelphia one's most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think that's like that's like the A plus one, like the A plus plus one. The other ones. Are like um, kind of like, do you want to yeah. do you want to hear my dream scenario? Yes, I want to hear. Yeah, what dream. are you? Yeah, what are what are your some of your takes or? What would you uh, do with the roster there? Uh, okay, so here's here's my dream scenario, which is like there's about I don't know a five percent chance that this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Luka Doncic, I'm really yeah. I'm really high on Doncic, like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I love him. I'll be I I I hope he excels. I I hope he does decide to come to the NBA. I'd love to see him in the NBA next season. Um, he's fun to watch. I've watched a couple of games of his. Um, fiery guy too, a lot of passion. Um, the Raptors could trade uh, DeRozan to Memphis for Chandler Parsons' bad contract and the Whoa. number four pick. Mm-hmm. The Suns seem to be conflicted. Now you can't really you can't take anything for sure before the draft. It's because there's a lot of uh, a lot of smoke screen. A lot so of smoke screen. Smoke. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the Suns do seem to be, from what we know, uh, conflicted about the number one pick. Should they take Doncic? Should they take Aiton? If 
there's a scenario where if the Raptors made that trade, say they ended up with the say Memphis takes it, which I think they they're one of the more realistic teams that if you're looking for picks would take um, DeRozan. The Mavs are in there too, but I think DeRozan's a, a better fit going to Memphis, especially because they still they still seem to want to win with Conley and Gasol still there. Um, so there's that. So uh, say so they say the Raptors end up with the four pick, and then. Say the Suns, there'd have to be a perfect storm where the Suns take Aiton. And then there's been, again, reports, whatever, but there's been reports that both the Kings and the Hawks, who have the number two and over three overall picks, wouldn't take Doncic basically because he's not American, um, yeah. which is crazy. But if that scenario happened where the Suns took Don, uh, took uh, Aiton and both the Hawks and the Kings passed on Doncic and the Raptors had the four pick, they could take him at number four. Interesting. And that would be... Like that your new franchise player. Now that's like, you know, again, like a 5% chance of happening. That's so unlikely. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, you know, but I mean like, I mean the, the, the best part, like if you, if you make that trade to Memphis, um, I mean, that, that's a, that's pretty much, that's a win either way. Cause you're getting a four pick in this draft. That's pretty great. That's a potential future, you know, franchise oh. cornerstone. Um, I, and I, I, so I, I do think tomorrow, like in Memphis, I'd be like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's one of the things about, uh, thinking about trades like this too, is, yeah. um, people say that, you know, it's a business. Some of the stuff doesn't matter, but this trading DeMar DeRozan does matter. Um, he's, he's been, you know, the center of, along with Lowry of the golden era of Raptors basketball. Mm. I don't think, especially with the way Masai is, I don't think he would just trade him without like consulting with him, without asking if there's a place where he, you know, out of the you know x amount of options that he'd be more willing to go. I I think that, uh, it, it if they get if they trade the Rosen, it needs to be, um, a, a trade where both sides are okay with it. I I don't think yeah, it would be good if yeah, the Rosen yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I I I agree with that. Yeah, I think it'd be really bad luck on the franchise. You know, a franchise that just got to the point where they're like, okay, we've established a culture. What we need to do now is focus on the micro stuff and not the macro, which is why Dwayne Casey was fired. R.I.P. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if you're doing this with DeRozan, it would be such a bad look once you've just said basically by firing Casey, okay, we've established this culture, and if you get rid of DeRozan and he's uh, very upset about it, you know. That's not. That's yeah, not. That's not a good look. Also, good luck getting any other stars to stay here because it's like you had one, and then that's how you treat your guy. Like that's like I mean, NBA player. It's a you know. So there's only like two fifty or so of them. Like they talk, and especially the good ones. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're at Team USA and stuff, and people are gonna ask, oh, like you know, how's the Toronto? And you don't think that you know that's gonna be. You know, oh, I, you know, I gave him trust. I re-upped on them, and then just send me to Memphis without asking me or whatever. So, yeah, you, if you're gonna trade, especially tomorrow, you gotta go about it carefully. Just, just circling back to that that scenario, I just think that like it'd be it's too big of a coincidence that the Suns hired Doncic's coach, eh? Like from from <laughs> the Sylvania team. Like I can't, yeah. I can't just be like, oh, what a coincidence. Like I, I legitimately, I know they did it before they got the, the number one pick and everything, but I don't know. I just the mere, like I just think all the cards are there because then you run Doncic, you run um, Booker, and then you run one another like well then you run Josh Jackson. Who I love Josh. If he develops a shot, he can be really good. Mm-hmm. And then he's still got like a bunch of project bigs, right? They have like Len and um, the other European guy. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Um, the long guy, Bender. They got uh, Bender, oh, yeah, Dragon Bender, yeah, Dragon Bender, who's still developing and stuff. So I think if they, Doncic would be a great fit, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you. Like if the Suns don't get him. I do think that, like, 
teams will punt on him just for what you said, right? Just because he's not American, mm-hmm. which is like not. I'm not even blinking. That's not surprising at all that teams would think like that. But yeah, no, I, I, that'd be. A, I think that'd be an interesting scenario. And then we, we'd run what Doncic, Larry, OG, and then Siakam. Yeah, I think I'd like that. I'd like that. Yeah, I, I think I, I I I just I'm really high on Doncic. I think he's gonna. I think he'd be really good. Um, and and he's like 19. And, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, there's games where he's MVP, crushing man. dudes. Yeah, yeah, he's MVP, and he just won the title too, the Euro League title. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's games where he's out there crushing dudes who are like thir- like you know, like 28, 30, like in their primes, in the yeah. second best oh, yeah. league in the world, better than NCAA players, which a lot of For people sure. don't seem to believe, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um. This is the second best league in the world. And he's out there at nineteen, crushing some dudes. So, um, yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be it's again. It's a like extremely, extremely unlikely scenario. Five percent chance might even be too high, but that's my uh, that's my crazy dream scenario anyway. I like it. I like um, it. Yeah, I th- I think you know I I do think though if you're the Suns, I think you just I just think you take them. Like I think part of that uh, discussion is about fit, and they already have Booker, and you know maybe they wanna they wanna do. Uh, a big to go with him kind of thing, but Aiden's not a great defender. No, <laughs> so and they, they got a lot of bigs, like not bigs, but they got a lot of those, like you know, Len, like I said, Len, yeah, and Bender and stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, the draft will be interesting. Uh, it's I'm a big Bagley guy, I, th- I like Bagley. I know, yeah, knock on him, it's like he's kind of like he's a weird tweener because he's not a power forward, nor is he really a, like he doesn't do all the center stuff, but like. I'm just like I just eye test like I've just seen him just destroy a lot of like people trying to like the guard him. I've just seen him like, destroy teams. So mm-hmm. I'm a big Bagley guy. Like the, the, a, a lot of a lot of concern. I've been doing like a lot of like re- I think this is the most research I've done in the drafts uh, this year. But um, with Bagley, I just like the the, the one concern is man like I, I like I can't believe Duke played his own defense and they played it for like three quarters of the year right so it's like questions about his defense like you're playing zone defense because like you you must feel like three or four guys cannot defend man to man so is that like is Bagley one of those guys that's a, I think that's a, uh, a question to ask but I like Bagley I like Bridges from Villanova mm-hmm. um, he's, he's also a good player too yep not not a trade on guy at all like not no. I, he cannot defend not a believer in the next step no nah, no man <laughs> if he goes to the Nick RIP like NBA media <laughs> oh man! The minute that guy has a thirty-point game, oh man, <laughs> I, I fear for the basketball world, man. So I, I hope he doesn't go to the Knicks just for the news, just for the news. Say, man, you see all those first-take guys, like, Trey Young, and just see Stephen A. Smith and his like goofy look. <laughs> Trey Young is the next Steph Curry, Max Kellerman. So yeah, I mean, for the NBA fans, let's hope that uh, he doesn't go there. But no, I do agree. I think it'll be an interesting draft. Uh, I think four, about like four to four to ten will be very interesting because. There's a lot of good players in in those ranges. Yeah, I just quickly looked at NBADraft.net, and uh, Doncic actually on here he's fallen to number five. Wow. Yeah, he was wow. he, he was number one on the board like I don't know a few days ago when I was on here. So wow. So who? So, so I'm guessing they they'd have Aiton. Yeah. Then they have uh, well they have Bagley. Pro- yep. Bagley. Pro- my, yeah. Bagley too. Bagley. Then would you have um, the the Jaron Jackson. Yep. Three and then at four, I'd assume they probably have. Ooh, who they say? Hmm. Yeah, this is the harder one. Yeah, who 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 snuck up there? It's uh, is Mo, it the other guy from Duke? It's uh, no Mo Bamba. But, man, see, I don't get that at all. He's got the seven eleven wingspan. Oh man, really? Yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. And then, then Doncic, eh? 
Yeah, that's crazy. If you pick if you pick Bomba over Doncic at four, then like you're gonna be crying in your bed at like three <laughs> years later at the state of your franchise because you could have had Doncic and you have Mo Bamba who is uh, cannot hang when they do the high screen pick and rolls on offense and they can like kind of like you know with Gobert, Gobert is good, but like against Houston, like when when James Harden's going at him, they can't keep him in the game, right? Mm. Like in the playoffs, right? They couldn't keep him in there because he just gets carved on offense, like when the other team's on offense and they're pulling him away from the basket. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I never really know. The draft is really a crapshoot. I never really know what's gonna happen. But the one thing that the one thing I, I, like with the draft, it's like you can never like underestimate how dumb some of these executives are, right? Like <laughs> the, the Hall of Fame of like just the, the Johnny Flynn and then Ricky Rubio picks, mm. like like you know I got I, like after that I'm like wow like you know you gotta you gotta let your guard down because there's some execs that like. Like, for example, Orlando, you got, like, a million bigs. What might they do in this draft? Oh, well, you know, we think Marvin Bagley can fit right in with uh, the other four of our power forwards. So you, you never know. Like, you never know with uh, what some executives and stuff might think. But, no, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting this year, uh, especially with all the, the good players coming in through. Yeah. Ricky Rubio, though, what a, se- what a postseason he had, eh? Um, yeah. Until he, uh, until he got injured. But, man, he was he was playing so well for the – jazz i wish that he, they'd had him during the rocket series um yeah might have changed some things but can't believe he did that to westbrook but good for him good for him no he played well no, <laughs> and he's had like a little bit of an unfortunate career he was good then he got like i think someone rolled on his ankle and then he got hurt for a bit and then like then obviously like the timberwolves are just a tire fire anyways then mm. you know he finally gets a new chance playing really really well like i was at that game that utah game against uh raptors and like he he hit the dagger three yeah when I, like when when he shot that i was like yes like you know like that's what you want and he splashed it and yeah so good for him like there was some crazy there was a crazy stat i remember looking up at the time that that happened i haven't looked up probably since but um that in in like clutch scenarios from three he actually had a crazy high shooting percentage oh wow that's surprising yeah it was very surprising yeah it's pretty nuts, and he actually had like a decent sample size for shooting. It wasn't like he shot like like a couple. Like he'd shoot, yeah. he shot a few, like more wow. than a few, and he actually had a high percentage. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was it was bananas. It was one of the weirdest stats I've seen all season. Exactly, that guy's a terrible three point shooter. But hey, it's, it's not for everybody. Not everyone can be like you know really good at three point shooter. But no, I'm really happy for him. And yeah, man, good for Utah, right? Like they lost Hayward, and it's like it's a tough market to like get stars. You're not really getting free agents, and then. You know what? You get Mitchell at you know twelve or thirteen or whatever they got him, and you know all of a sudden you're good to go for the next five or so years, right? So I, I'm happy for that, like for 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 Utah, and it'll be interesting to see how you know kind of they they move on from this and seeing Mitchell's growth the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love this rookie class. There, there's yeah, so awesome. many good players. And um, by the way, it's a travesty that OG was not any of the all rookie teams. Yeah, I know what. Um, it's tough. It's tough because some like stats, stats. You know, people. A lot of people look at stats, right? Like especially all these national writers, right? It's like his stats don't pop off, but he was like so good, like on defense and hit some timely shots. But man, I, I cannot wait for summer league. Uh, uh, my buddy Hamza. So I talked to my buddy Hamza a lot about basketball, and he's like, we should do the Kawhi Leonard thing, and then just give him the make him run point guard at summer league to kind of develop his like dribbling skills. You know, and like ma- like let him be more of a of a playmaker. Because I, honestly, I think we we. Sh- go all in on OG because I think he's a really good player, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've, I've heard people talk about one of the benefits to moving DeRozan potentially is, I mean, depending on what kind of deal you're thinking, 
but would would give the reins a little bit more to OG to let him expand his game. Um, just because we've seen flashes of he can do more than what he needed to do for this team. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know if you'd want to run a point just yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely uh, his role, his role is going to get bigger. That, that's what the Spurs did with Kawhi. Because Kawhi is similar, right? Like, long kid, like, shots all right. Like, you know, can't really dribble. But they kind of, like, made him run points. Because it's summer league, right? You lose all, all your games. Like, who cares? Hmm. And then, like, that was kind of the start of him kind of, you know, getting some dribble moves and practicing. And then from that, from then on, he just kind of evolved and evolved to – being the Kawhi Leonard we know, so you know, you know, I was like, maybe you know, give OG that that range, and might not be pretty, but you might lose all your, you know, all your summer league games. But hey, give him that experience, kind of move onwards and forwards with it. But no, I mean, after you climb out of your like depression, rap, like Raptors hole, there is some, you know, light there, but it's you know, it's still tough. You know? Yeah, that tough. was that was my last regular season kind of piece for the Raptors Republic was about OG. Um, being the light in the dark for the Raptors, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, definitely on the OG train. I'm high on him too. If he can turn out to be Kawhi Leonard, that'll be something crazy. Oh. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, so I want to move on now from um, NBA talk to talk about some film stuff. Um, yes, because I know yeah, you're excited. you're a big film lover. I'm a big yes. film lover. Um, I do occasionally, hopefully more now that this the off season is going to be here for. Their, uh, the NBA soon. Um, I do movie reviews for SceneCreek.com. Oh, so awesome! Um, yeah, so I, a lot of times, uh, I've been to a few TIFF festivals and stuff. Now it's really yeah. cool. Um, done some cool reviews and stuff. Signed embargoes, all that. It was. It's. It's kind of weird um, being considered like a, a type of critic. It's kind of that's strange. so awesome. But um, but really fun. Um, I, but yeah, I've, I've always just I just love movies. Um, I see a lot of independent independent stuff um there was a lot of uh, one of the best things i did the, this past year was i saw all the uh i got screeners for the uh short films that were going to be at tiff um oh, for so 2017 cool. yeah and I, and I had to review them for the site and there were there's some really cool stuff um that i reviewed now i just picked out you know 10 of my favorites and wrote some quick quick hits on them and um they're really cool so uh, I wanted to talk with you about like uh movies coming out this summer like more more of the yeah. blockbuster type films because um I, those are just the ones that you know, like are sticking out to me right now in terms of like uh, just I mean when I when summer comes around these are the types of movies that um, most people go to see um, most of the blockbusters come out in the summer not always yeah. as much anymore because of how many like how superhero films have saturated the market and stuff but uh, yeah like most of the most of these films come out in the summer and. Uh, I know these are the films that most people will also be interested in hearing about and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, these are the films I've kind of yeah. just I've I've listed down that I think we can we kind of run through and uh, see which ones you're interested in, what you think about them, and uh, and yeah. Yeah. So um, and, and just before we get into that, I just what I, you know for so with me and movies, I I think three or four years ago I started what kind of like self-named but it's called i just call it project 26 so i i try to not try i go and see 26 movies every year like in theaters mm-hmm. um and then you know i write like a one-liner now i've not published it yet and that maybe i need you to keep me accountable and like just make me like public like, finish the piece and just write it like and just do like a movie review do it uh you know because i just you know it, it get busy but so yeah i try to go and see 26 movies every year 
Um, I do have to admit, last year I went to the theaters 26 times, but I saw Sorrows twice. So I only saw 25 <laughs> movies in theaters. Um, my favorite movie of the year last year, though, was Wind River. I thought Wind River was like just awesome. Great movie. Um, it's a great movie. Um, Oscar snub. Yeah, I know. I was surprised. I was really surprised. Oh, that Shape of Water movie. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> it, technically great, but ugh, just the plot. But no, so I, I'm a big movie guy. Like my, I I go to, I go into movies with like open kind of. You know, I don't. I'm like I don't have a movie type per se that I I love. I'm like oh I gotta go watch this like if, uh, if this like type of movie. Like I'm pretty well rounded. I'm, I'm at six this year, so I got a a lot of uh, a lot of catch catching up to do. Um, very quick, I think so far the, my favorite one that I've seen this year. So I've seen Twelve Strong, Den of Thieves, Black Panther, Pacific Rim, A Quiet Place, and Avengers. And I think so far A Quiet Place is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, one so far this year. I thought it was just it's just different. I love different movies. Um, you know, so but yeah, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out there before we uh, you, you kind of list some of the movies that we want, we're gonna chat about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually still haven't seen A Quiet Place. That's one of the ones I need to see. Um, really? Yeah, I just didn't get around to it when it was out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on my it's on my list. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's I've heard it's good. Um, so yeah, so for this summer, um, we're gonna kind of go by month. Um, yeah. But I do want to do a quick hit on this weekend first. So, um, Solo comes out this weekend. Uh, oh. Solo, a Star Wars story, the big the big Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I won't go off on the on solo, but like, I just, I just think Disney's sending this movie to die. They're just like, you know, <laughs> this was a mistake. Like, we shouldn't have done solo. We should have done something else. We're gonna put this like four months after, like, or five months after the last Star Wars movie. We're gonna put it like right after Deadpool, still in the Infinity Wars. I think uh, Infinity War cycle. If you look at the marketing, like, you'll see a solo poster on every bus stop mm-hmm. at least like in gta or whatever you'll see, but like you don't see any commercials i i, I honestly think I, I saw more commercials for uh star wars uh eight the last jedi dvd release than i did for this so i'm gonna watch it because I'm, i like star wars but i just I, I don't i don't have high expectations for it and uh, it just for me it's the, the guy that's playing uh han just i i can't get behind him yeah Alden Al- 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 or whatever his name is uh yeah um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, I uh, I loved Last Jedi um, a lot. I was a big oh, fan. I was a big oh, fan. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the spectrum for that one. Wow. Yeah, I understand. It's a very divisive movie. Um, and I, t- and I, I get I get a lot of the point. I've, uh, I there's a lot of points I totally understand. Um, and I think some of it's just preference. Um, but yeah. uh, but I, this is the movie I'm I'm I've never been as least excited about a Star Wars movie as I am for this one. Yeah, um, I I got a funny last Jedi story. So I, I told you I saw it twice. The first time I saw it, so like out of the twenty six movies, there's always one where like I kind of fall asleep in it. Like it just always happens. <laughs> I don't know. I, sometimes I'm tired. Like I can't do ten o'clock shows anymore. You just get tired. So I'm watching the last Jedi, and like with like you know in the movies, right? You don't have your phone or anything. So when you fall asleep, like you you kind of like usually you just think it's like five minutes, but you don't know how long it's been. So I fell asleep, and I woke up. And there, I think they were traveling to uh, to like the 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 jail kind of place, and they had like that's uh, Del Toro with them, yeah, that smuggler, DJ. So I'm like, yeah. So then the movie finished, and like I'm like, oh, the movie makes sense. I was like, I was just like, oh, I wonder where like that that smuggler guy came from. I watched it a second time. I fell asleep for the whole Casino Planet, and I didn't have any like any like questions about the plot. Like I, I missed <laughs> the whole act, and like the movie still made perfect sense. 
Mm-hmm. So like I'm like, man, like that should not happen when you're watching a movie. Like <laughs> you shouldn't miss like half an hour in the movie. So that just like I was just like, oh man, like uh-uh. But and maybe just because I love Rogue One. I know like uh, there's a lot of people that like, aren't weren't big like Rogue One for me is like I I personally think it's like one of my top three or four favorite Star Wars movies. I love Rogue One. So okay. I was just like disappointed more in the Last Jedi, but okay, man, I hear I'm with you. I hear you. Not high on Solo. Okay, yeah, I hear you. Because I'm actually lower on um, Rogue One. Oh, really? So, yeah. So um, <laughs> that's in- that's interesting. Um, Very interesting. Uh, so yeah, Solo. Not super excited. This movie doesn't need to exist, but it does. No. No. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if there's really a lot to say about it. I feel like it's going to be what a lot of people think it is. Um, I yeah. think, I'm, you know, from what I've heard early, it's it's fine. I've heard it's okay. Um, yeah. Not, I haven't heard strong feelings really either way on it. There will be, obviously, when it comes out. Yeah. People, fans will have strong feelings. But, um, you know, and I'm going to see it. But I, uh, I, I just can't bring myself to care that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do want to point out real quick that that weekend, the same weekend, um, how to talk to girls at parties comes out, which a really? lot of people won't know what that is. No, and it's limited release. It is. Um, yeah. it's based on a short story by Neil Gaiman, who's one of my favorite writers. Um, oh. the short story, and you can, if whoever's listened to this, you can go read that story on his website for free. It is an absolutely fantastic short story. It's great. Oh, um, and it's eight twenty four as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, it's one of those things where I feel like it's going to be really weird. I watched the trailer. It's inter- interesting to see what they're doing with it compared to what the story is like. Um, but I'm fascinated because of how much I love Neil Gaiman and how much I love his writing. So I'm going to hopefully get a chance to see that um, at what's some that, point. What's a comp for it? Like a, a comp that most people know, like something like a movie that you think might be similar to, like, Ooh. is it like a super bad-ish or like Ooh. what's a, what do you think would be a good comp for? Uh, no, well, it's, it's super, it's super sci-fi. Um, oh shoot okay oh, yeah I'm completely the other way <laughs> yeah yeah no it's okay. yeah it is it is uh it's not it's not at all what it what you think that's yeah, okay. that's the best part um you got me sold man i think i'm gonna add this to the list of movies i want to see yeah I, watching I, a trailer. <laughs> I i hope it's i hope it's good or at least uh somewhat faithful to the story i know that they're taking it farther than the story um for sure because they had to do a full movie and the story is a short story mm-hmm. um but but man, I love that story. So I'm just because I, because I love that um, the writer. I'm I'm gonna gonna dedicate myself to seeing that movie. Um, yeah. So then we'll get in. so June's ha- coming up. Um, uh, I think I think it's a massive month. I think this is like one of the biggest months I've seen in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's well, let's fire through June. So fire through June. So these are these are the big ones, and then I kind of tagged one on at the end because it's hilarious. Um, so Ocean's Eight. Opens up June, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I have some. I have some maybe maybe controversial thoughts on. I don't really know. Yep. I don't know if they're controversial. Incredibles two, yeah, um, which I'm so stoked for. I'm I'm pumped. Yep. Uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, eh. Uh, Sicario: Day of the Soldado. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty hyped for that too. Um, even though it's not Denis Villeneuve this time, still hyped. Um, and then Uncle Drew, yeah, the Kyrie Irving movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really know how to feel about that, but but let's uh let's start with Ocean's Eight. What do you what are you thinking? Fire oh, through real quick. Uh, yeah, sorry. Fire through real quick. Um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it for sure, for sure. I don't think I'm gonna get a chance to watch Deadpool two until June. So I just think I might be one of those that I miss in rotation. Okay. It's it's one of those movies like did it need to be made? I think that's my question about it. Did we really need like a spinoff? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's I just fair. yeah, that's my question. Without yeah, I think that it need to be made. So I think that might be a pass for me, just the way that the schedule is laid out. Yeah, uh, Soderbergh. I really enjoyed Logan Lucky a lot. Did you see that? No, I didn't get a chance to. It's uh, it's good. It's fun. It's a uh, it's a nice little film. It's cool to see Daniel Craig do something different than James Bond. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, he's good at these types of movies. Nah, I just I think Ocean's Eight falls into a similar camp of the Ghostbusters that came out last year or Ooh, was it last year, I two didn't years ago. Hear that? Yeah. Whoa. Um, one of those things where I I just feel like. We, we can give, I know the idea is to um, give women more roles and empower women and stuff. Um, I feel like they can get, can be given their own movies where they're not in the shadow of men. Um, and they, this is just one of those movies where they are. Now, this movie could still be really good, unlike Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and uh, more power to them if it is. And I hope it is. And I like Soderbergh. Um, so I don't have any problem with it. I'm probably going to see it. I hope it's good. Um, I just... I just, uh, I just don't think like I, I think we can give, uh, I think we can give women their own heist movies that don't necessarily have to be, you know, related to um, a, a franchise just to just to get yeah. people to go see it, you know. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's it's yeah, I'm with you with that. I, not, not, I don't. Mm. Um, because if you get a chance, one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year, just to branch off of that, is Annihilation. I haven't seen that one. No. Which is almost entirely female led. There's only one. One or one or two male actors actually in it. I think maybe just the one, um, Oscar wow. Oscar Isaac's in it. But uh, yeah, um, but it's fantastic. It's really good. Um, yeah, it's by uh, uh, the same guy who did Ex Machina. Um, his name's okay. Okay, I see. I see. I see it now here. Yeah, in February. It, okay. it was it was a great uh, theater experience. It, it's really good sci-fi. So um, anyway, the, in that movie, um, you know, it's a gr- it's a great movie. Like I, I think we can give these types of movies to women and they'll be fine. Anyway, um, Incredibles two thoughts on that? Oh, it's like hundred percent must buy. In the, in the twenty sixth, I always want to go watch an animated movie. I, you like animated movies? I didn't appreciate until I got a little older. Um, it's just like I, I wasn't. I remember watching Monsters University in theaters, and there'd be scenes where I'm like dying, and then the kids are looking at me like, "Man, this old guy is weird." Then there's scenes <laughs> where like the kids are dying. I'm like, "Ah, oh, like." in like five years you guys would be like oh look at those kids so i just think like the the writing for an animation movie you got to be really clever and i think the first incredibles was really good so i i have high hopes for this i I like the plot too right like with him being like a stay-at-home dad and just like not handling it well so i'm really excited um you know this took like way too long for this to come out but i'm happy that they're finally doing it yeah agreed um the incredibles is one of my uh, top four favorite Pixar films. Uh, maybe when we yeah. get closer to there, I can finally do my list of uh, top Pixar films, which I've had Ooh. sitting for so long um, because it took me forever to figure out the order. But it's it's in the top four. I won't give away exactly where. Um, but okay. I love the original Incredibles. It's the best Fantastic Four movie that exists. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, um, uh, Syndrome is one of the best villains in movie. Yeah. And yep. you know, and that I've seen in a superhero movie. Period. Um, he's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Shout out to the boy Frozone, you know, and just yeah, what, is, what a scene, right? They're just like so real. It's just like you're a superhero, man, but the wife's the wife, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some of the most quotable lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah big so big fan of big fan of the original Incredibles. So I'm a big fan of this one. I agree with you. I like the premise. Um, I think it's cool. Um, so um, yeah, I'm really uh, 
really looking forward to that one. I'm a big animation guy too. Uh, I, I try to watch. I watch more animation probably than a lot of other people for general movie fans because I'll I'll seek out the lesser known animation and I'll watch yeah. some of those. So like uh, the Kubo and the two str- three strings. Or yeah, yeah, I'm Kubo. Like, what a movie! I watched. I think that was last year. I was like, what a movie! I went to go see that one and incredible. Yeah, Leica Studios. They do some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't missed yet. They're great. So uh, yeah, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdoms up next. That's uh, that's in the bucket. I'm I'm gonna see it because like I like kind of have to big blockbuster, but like I'm not pumped. I, just, I honestly I just see it just being like just average. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch it, but I'm not excited for it. Yeah, I'm I'm about the same there. I got a buddy. <laughs> I got a buddy who's Jurassic. The original Jurassic World is his favorite movie of all time. Oh wow! Um, really? Yeah, we went. We actually went oh, to gosh. we went to see the original in an IMAX theater um, a few years ago when it was playing, and it was awesome. Okay. Um, but yeah, so every time there's a Jurassic World movie, he's he's got to see it. So we go to see it to see them. I, I saw Jurassic World in IMAX. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Jurassic World. I think it's okay. It's a popcorn movie. Doesn't have a lot of substance. It's fine. Um, I'm, I'm 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 like Chris Pratt it out. Like I'm just tired. Like I just <laughs> uh, I think I just seen him too much. I think I just need a break from Chris Pratt. Yeah, a lot of Chris so Pratt fatigue. Yeah. yeah I so. I even went and saw um passengers oh i'm sorry yeah yeah not <laughs> I, a great I punted on that one yeah not a great movie yeah not great yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i kind of i kind of feel the same about this one as i did the original jurassic world but yeah. hey you know maybe maybe it'll be a little bit better who knows uh and then sicario day of the soldado yeah man so i saw the first sicario only like this year like in march Okay. Like, you know, I was like, oh, like you know, just put this on Netflix. People talk. Incredible. Like, if you haven't seen Sicario, like on Netflix, go watch it. Um, that dinner scene is just wild. So I'm super excited about this second one. Um, I, the, I kind of wanted Emily Blunt back. Just well, she couldn't come back. It makes perfect sense why she's not there. But just I loved her innocence because like you're watching it through her role, so then you kind of have that innocence with it too. So then when you see some of the reviews in the movie, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I didn't see that. But, like, it just kind of added to, like, the effectiveness of the movie for me, like, just watching that movie with, like, through her lens. But I still think it's going to be incredible. So I, I'm really pumped about uh, this one, The Ada Soldado. Yeah, same. I saw Sicario came out. Um, I've seen it once or twice since. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it a lot. It was, the, it was the movie where I really first, I, th- I think, if memory serves, where I really first started paying attention to Denis Villeneuve as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, now one of my favorite working directors. He did my favorite movie of last year, which was Blade Runner 2049. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, was, that was a fun one, eh? Yeah, I'm a big Blade Runner guy, and okay. I, I love what he did with the sequel. Um, yeah, and so uh, speaking of movies with strong uh, female leads, um, Sicard is awesome. Um, yeah. I got another good Josh Brolin movie. Um, yeah, yeah, he's awesome in it. He's really good. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a really it's a really cool movie. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. If you're a fan of like action and war movies, definitely one to check out. Um, yeah. yeah. So Uncle Drew. No punting. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> no, no draw at all. Shack and uh, Shack and no, like a wig or whatever. No, I can't. I can't. No, I don't know. No, I'm punting. I saw the trailer. It's like no, I. I just I can't get behind it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like I'm not the biggest like Kyrie fan and just like. This, this, the trailer then really got me like for me like you got it like like i grew up with like mike you know so you gotta you know you gotta if you're gonna make a basketball movie it's gotta be like a like mike or a space jam so no i'm, I'm punting on it. i'll watch it i'm watching it on dvd or on netflix or whatever <sighs> yeah i think i'm with you <laughs> uh, I, I like i want to say i'm gonna see it 
but at the same time, I actually don't like when I really think about it. I don't. I don't know if I can actually get myself to do it. No, no um, especially when June's so stacked. It's just like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I I would see all those other movies before Uncle Drew. Hundred percent. But like even uh, Ocean's Eight, like yeah, even Ocean's Eight, like. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't, <laughs> it is. I don't know. It looks wild. Um, it looks <laughs> like it looks like they just had they had a crazy amount of fun making it, which is cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely not going to be in the upper echelon of basketball films. Nope. Um, not not gonna, it's not going to be a Hoosiers or White Man Can't Jump or a kind of movie. So yeah. Anyway, um, but I just wanted to add that on the list because that's I no, think it's no, hilarious. I, 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 yeah, it's 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 a it's a question to be asked, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, okay, so then we get into July, uh, kicked off by Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, the the purge though, the first purge. Don't oh, you want to talk about the purge? Okay, okay. I I, I kind of like those. I I like what I didn't see. Wait. I granted, I didn't see the last one. Okay. But the first two in theaters were, were awesome. I, I'm definitely gonna go watch the first purge. Okay. What? Which? Which number is this now that we're on? Four. Yeah. Four. That's that's a bad question. I, 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 it's like, you know, when like in, just in terms of, like when you when people have to like the paranormal activity. Like I think it fell to the same thing when it's just like it's like honestly just give it up, man. But. <laughs> Those I, studios, right? Like these movies, might like they're not that expensive to make, right? No, for sure. And, and they make so much, but yeah, I think I think this is for, and the fact that I don't even know, like again, just says it's like, ugh. but I'm gonna be watching the first Purge, um, Ant Man and the Last Wasp. Like, man, they just honestly, I'm gonna admit it, they got me, right? Marvel, like, yeah, like I watched the first Ant Man, like an absolute autopilot. I was just there because I'm like, I gotta watch all the Marvel movies. Can't remember a thing about it, like. Like it just, I, I wasn't really a big fan, and like I like if if all these movies didn't interconnect, I wouldn't go watch it. But I'll go watch Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I, I think it's interesting. Like the biggest question for me is just like when when are they setting this? Like how does the events of Infinity War impact this film? They so they say that it's before Infinity War, and I think the reason they said like they said it was uh he was on house arrest after yeah um Civil War or sorry yeah Civil yeah War. Civil War. Yeah. So they said he's on. That's why he's not in there. So because Marvel's got this one, and then they also got um, the Captain Marvel coming out, which mm-hmm. I think are all before the events of Infinity Ward. So yeah, I think right. that's how they're gonna fit it in. But but yeah, yeah no, I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of do it. And does that mean that there's not gonna be any cameos? I I think it'll be something worth uh, worth seeing. Yeah, it looks like more of the same from the first one, honestly, and that's fine because I I like the first one. Um, yeah, smaller movie, which is cool. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I like Paul Rudd. Think it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, Evangeline yeah. Lilly. Um, so yeah, it, it should be good. Um, skyscraper. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm I'm fatigued. I cannot with the Rock. That guy is not getting another dollar from me. I, I'm thinking I'm taking like a year or two off of Rock movies. I'm sorry. Wow, that's <laughs> a that's a strong statement. Yeah, man, I cannot do it anymore, man. I just like, man, who? Man, this movie, it's and it's all probably going to be CGI and stuff. Like so that's like a big budget. Like who's like, all right, you know what? We're going to get the Rock in this movie where buildings fall, and he's going to be some sort of. I can't, man. Nah, no, I am not. No way. Sorry, <laughs> Rock take there, but like, nah, not for me. I'm not watching that one. Not no, no more Rock for me, man. He's not getting another dollar of mine. <laughs> uh, you know, I I just recently saw Baywatch. Oh, on, sorry. On Netflix. Um, okay, okay, it's not bad then. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go to, I didn't see the theaters. Uh, yeah, I, I, the the CGI fire in that movie is something else. <laughs> um, I, I man, <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh man. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. This is gonna be one of those movies that either um, I end up I end up seeing by chance or I just don't because uh, I will have friends or family that want to see it, and if they and if I'm around and they say let's go see it, I'll go see it with them. <laughs> um, I know exactly the type of movie this is gonna be, just like you're saying. Um, it's gonna be like a San Andreas type film. Um, then he's got also that eight movie too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah you know what I I completely blocked out San Andreas from my memory, but I think that's what broke me with The Rock. Oh I yeah. Think yeah, yeah. After San Andreas, I'm like, no more. I, f- I forgot I watched that movie, but yeah, <laughs> I'm rocked out, man. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's what broke me, man. But yeah, I'm rocked out. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally get it. Um, next one on here is kind of a joke one, but I wanted to go on a mini rant about it. Um, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Yeah, this is one of those like, why like they didn't need this did this need to happen? Who? But, yeah. Who wanted this? Yeah. Who? Why? What? Why? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. And then I even tweeted about it, I think, like a year ago or a while ago. And then I had a couple a couple of my uh, female friends said, we did. And so I guess that's who it's for. But, man, yeah, the first one no, is bad. That's bad, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not touching that one either. So, you see, for, for me, July's weak. And, like, the rest of the summer is not that great either because it's, like, you know, Purge maybe. That's what it, man. But, like, yeah, like, Mamma Mia, no. Like, I, like that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um. And then another one that comes out that Friday too is Equalizer two and yep. like Denzel movies you can you can predict what happens in it like before it comes out. Yeah, I mean, Den- so yeah, that's what I was gonna say next was Equalizer two. I mean, are you more likely to see Equalizer two or Skyscraper? Equalizer two. I don't have Denzel fatigue. Like, okay. And, like the last Denzel movie I think I saw in theaters was Fences and like yeah, Fences kind of kills me because like that movie was just all in the backyard, but like. You know, he was great in it. So, yeah, no, I, you know what? I'm, I think I might go watch Equalizer 2, actually. Um, that might be one I go watch. But, yeah, definitely. I feel I have a strong feeling it's going to be the uh, the Jason Bourne of this summer. Oh. Uh, it was like two years ago that we had Jason Bourne. And it was just like, yeah. it was just like, it was fine. But that was it. I wanted it to be so yeah. much more. For um, me, la- yeah, exactly. Last summer was um, Atomic Blonde. I, I don't know if you saw uh, that. Oh, yes, I did see Atomic Blonde. Yeah, like. No, again, it was like it was it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was just fine. But it's yeah. just like one of those like you you go in the summer, it's like yeah, it's a summer movie, like check, yeah. and then on to the next one. So yep, uh, and then arguably the movie I'm um, outside of maybe any some of the superhero movies or Incredibles too. The movie I'm maybe most excited about this summer, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, I'll go support the psycho. To, uh, I'll go support them, but no, no, I think it's gonna be a good one. Mission Impossible movies are always good to watch in theaters, right? Always a lot going on. Yeah, uh, the the last two I've really enjoyed um, more than I thought maybe I would, and the trailer for this one is awesome. the The first yeah. trailer, the first trailer yeah. they put out, the, yeah. the second one's whatever, but the first one is so good. It's the best trailer yeah. I've seen in a little bit, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So it sold me on it as soon as I saw it. Uh, it was in front of Infinity War, and um, as well. So I've seen it in theaters, and it's a it's a great trailer. Um, I you know this is one of the most iconic Tom Cruise roles. And don't know how many more of these we're going to get before Tom Cruise, like, kills himself falling off a building or something. That's what I'm saying. That guy's absolutely he's psycho, man. But, like, yeah. you know, got to go. So I'll, I'll, I'll go watch. I'm with you. It's, I think it'll be a good watch. Um, uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good to, uh, to go see that one. So I'm, I'll am i definitely be getting behind behind that one. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. That one's near the end of July. Um, and then, yeah, we start to start to taper off. There's really only two. August is weak. In August, weak. yeah, it kicks off with uh, Christopher Robin. Thoughts on that? I honestly I haven't given too much thought into that one. Um, no. have, so you, have you I seen the trailer? More... 
No, I haven't actually. I haven't even seen the trailer for that one. Okay, it's it's so. it's heavily playing in the, into nostalgia, but it's very reminiscent of Hook, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got a very Hook-like uh, plot, um, where someone who used to be someone that you know from the past has grown up, and then their past comes back to get them. Um, in the time of hardship, and it looks very much like the same plot as Hook. Obviously, it won't be exactly the same, but the same basic premise is there, um, which is fine because I mean, there's a lot of this. Hook is another divisive movie. You either love it or you hate it. I love Hook, um, so I mean, I think I'm down enough to see this. I wasn't like a huge Winnie the Pooh person as a kid, but uh, I, it's still I still felt a little bit of nostalgia when the, when they when you hear you hear him talk um, yeah. in live action, which is kind of neat. Um, it's the same guy who's been doing his voice since I think like '88. Not the original original guy, but the the one who's been doing him since the original guy died. Um, so yeah. Anyway, the guy's been doing it since, since for all of the time that you and I have been alive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the one, searching that comes out, I might go watch that one. I think it's it's one of those like techie ones. I think it's about like uh, someone goes missing, but you're you're, you're watching a movie through like a cell phone and a computer. Yep. Uh, I think that that might just the premise is interesting. I might go see that, and then honestly, in August, the only other one uh, is uh, Slenderman. I, I'm all in on that one. I'm I'm pretty excited for that one. I'm definitely going to go see. Like, have you seen Have you seen any of the trailers for Slenderman? Uh, I think I did see the first one, but I kind of forget. It, it's cre It's pretty creepy, man. Like, so it's uh, yeah, it's definitely one that's like uh, I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see in uh, in August, like Slenderman. But yeah, is there any other ones in August there? For you? Uh, like, the last, the last one I've got here is the Meg. Yeah, I'm, this is another one I haven't really done any like much. Um, this is the one with like the megalodon shark. Yes, and um, Jason Statham. Yes, Jason yes, yes. Statham. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, honestly, I think I might go watch it because it'll be like, oh, there's nothing else out. Yeah. That one, and then yeah. take a a couple of weeks break and then go watch Slenderman. But um, I think yeah, I think it might be interesting. It's a very August type movie, like late August type yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I know it's outside of the summer range, but if you have like one movie that's coming out for the rest of the year that you might be like excited for, what is it? Uh, outside of that range, um, if I just off the top of I, your head, if anything. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked too far outside of that range. I'm, I'm sure there's something that I'm just not thinking of that I. I mean, know. it's pretty vanilla right now. I think. Fantastic Beasts, if you like Harry Potter, is coming out. Right. Uh, the second one, the Grindelwald one, which will be fun. Yeah. Um, they, I think I saw the trailer for that Bohemian Rhapsody one. Mm -hmm. That one looks uh, that one looks pretty good, too. But, yeah, I mean, I think with what's tough about outside the summer range is, like, as we get closer to that range, like, you'll see more stuff for, for movies coming out. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know, like, companies always release, like, um, materials and promotions, like, closer to the time. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but... Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a good summer. I think it's going to be top-heavy. I think there's going to be, like, a lot of movies that come out. Like like I said, I think June's an awesome month. And then after June, it kind of, like, kind of starts to dwindle down a bit. Yeah, I, I think so, too. It's a big hit. I mean, we've already had some big hits come out because now summer, summer in quotation, starts early yeah, every year true. because of how many superhero movies we've got coming out and uh, stuff that want to compete with, um, you know, between, between DC and Marvel and... Um, uh, other uh, big type movies like Star Wars, um, big franchise, yeah. big franchise type movies. Have you? Did you uh, ever get to see the movie uh, A Cure for Wellness? 
Uh, Cure for Wellness. I did not see that. So that that one came out. So it just kind of goes because I know like a hot topic in the you know the movie industry is like oh like so many superhero movies out like you know why isn't why aren't people doing other things yeah. like just superhero fatigue. So that movie came out. That movie I still don't know how I feel about it. Like the best way I can describe that movie, it's on Netflix for anyone that's interested. It's a demon child of Shutter Island and um, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Like just a really twisted version. Like those two movies just kind of had a kid It'd be a really twisted kid, like kid of that. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many things that are like off of it's long and like it, it kind of falls like syndrome to like that. Like, why are some scenes in there? But like, I've only seen it once, and like I kind of don't want to ever see it again because I kind of like that movie. It was just like it's just different. Like the cinematography is awesome. Like the plot's like just weird. The movie's just weird. Someone's like, how's that movie? I say weird. But then a movie like that comes out, like a pseudo invest. I think the budget was like I don't know, hundred million or something like that. And then like the the, the, the critics like rip it apart. But like I, I thought of it overly harsh. I don't think it was as like I think they gave it like a thirty percent. Then it's just like you can't really complain about all oh, like studios aren't taking enough risks. And then when people do take risks, then you can just like hammer it. I think overboard. You know what I mean? So I think the movie industry is like in an interesting spot where like. Yeah, people aren't taking risks because it's expensive to make good movies, but, like, when they do... Like, another one like that, like, is Mother. Like, Mother Mother wasn't great, I don't think. I, I, it wasn't good, right? But, like, again, people go on a limb, they do something like Mother, and then it just gets hammered. So I think we're... I don't know, I think we're in an interesting spot. But then, you know, for all the movies like that, there's always, like, a ladybird that kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's, like, awesome, so... and the, Or I get out, so... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting to see... Um, where the movie industry is going to go, just in terms of what the types of movies that are going to get released. Yeah, this is part of the reason I like independent film is because um, yes. you get you get more of those um, smaller type movies with um, clo- you know closer to the closer to heart type stories. Yeah. Um, that that aren't they're just they're not blockbuster films. They 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 tell different things. I like that kind of stuff a lot. I, that's why um, the Oscar season, if you want to call it, the fall and early winter, is my favorite type of year for. Um, going to the movies because more of those types of films come out, um, yeah. and uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. And in some of the smaller films that come out, um, those are my type, favorite types of movies. Um, but uh, yeah, I like blockbusters too. Um, just they they have a uh, they you know they tend to be when they hit big they hit big and when they fail they fail spectacularly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the, that's what the summer's looking like pretty much for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, we've been going for a bit. Uh, the Rockets and Warriors will be starting pretty much right now. So, yeah, um, so. I'm going to make sure that uh, you're able to go see that. So uh, I want to thank you again for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, very quick, I want to plug. If I'm going to, I'm doing the 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 call with my Twitter. So I have a Twitter account right now at Fossy Six. I haven't used it in a in a bit, but that's going to be my number eight. I have a separate Twitter that like I've had for like like nine or so months that I just kind of been like using it to like tweet Arsenal stuff and I'm just angry, but I think I'm going to start <laughs> tweeting more sports from that. So it's at F Arsenal nine. So I'm going to tweet sports and that from, uh, and stuff from that. And then also, um, starting in the fall time, I think me and my old running mate, Dave, um, are going to start up our podcast again. So if you, if you listened to our stuff before we had a radio show, which oh, I try to get Josh on, but the schedules didn't work while we were in school, but, um, we're definitely gonna start that up again in the fall. So look out for that. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on it. That was a blast. It was an absolute blast uh, being able to chat all that stuff with you. Yeah, we definitely we definitely needed to do this, especially after that first one didn't work out. 
Um, so glad I was able to have you on. We'll definitely have you on again because uh, we're definitely uh, um, we have a lot to talk about. Clearly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, always, uh, always a lot to shove into one podcast. So doing more will be will be good. Um, yeah. So uh, for viewers uh, or listeners to this podcast. You can find uh, this podcast on bumpers.fm or the Bumpers app if you have it downloaded. You can also listen, um, uh, sorry, you can also follow the pod on Writers Write Pod uh, on Twitter where links to the episodes will be posted. And until then, you can also follow me at Halvolution, H uh, O W E V O L U T I O N on Twitter. And uh, if you're looking for my written work, uh, you can find it at Raptors Republic, uh, occasionally B-Ball Breakdown, and uh, my film stuff, like I mentioned, is on Scene Creek. Um, So you can find all that stuff there. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will see you next time. (laughs) 